0: How bad did that woman really fart? I saw a deleted scene.
1: Oh man, Portia. Portia. Stay in touch with Portia. It was nasty. Oh my (laughs) goodness, it was so bad. (laughs)
2: Welcome back to another episode of the Water Boys Podcast, a member of the Crossing Broad Podcast Network. We have an awesome interview for today with Rob Monty of the Associated Press. But before we get to Rob, Kyle, tell our friends about PointsBet. PointsBet. Code WATERBOYS. It'll be in
0: the – the link will be in the description of this podcast. If you're watching it on YouTube, it'll be in the description of, of, of the YouTube uh, description. Description. I've already said description like six times. Yeah. Um, promo code is Boys. First time sign-ups in Jersey, Illinois, Indiana, and Michigan. Gare, I got to tell you something. The puck line for the Tampa Bay Lightning. You've been on this one. It's like 10-3-1 for the whole season. Now, yeah. puck line is, like, probably the best thing you can bet on because it's really the only thing you can it's get, the, like, plus get the money. Over and the under, that's about it. Exactly. So, take all your money uh, up to $250 match and put on the next Tampa Bay puck line. It's fair. It's fair because I was just, I'm sorry, I was just looking at it. I'm like, you are not wrong. Every time I put... Every time I do
2: odds, every time I do numbers, you're like, oh, okay. What can I get for plus 145 or what? Oh, yeah. I'm always running the numbers over here. Also, bet on the Genesis Open. Bet on the Genesis Open. Betting on golf, best thing. Live betting on golf fairways, the most electric thing you can do. So, go to points. Plug the pod. i'll plug the pod yeah we have we we did start a second pod. we are now growing a little bit of a tree little networking company or media company whatever you want to call it it's called the water hazard it comes out every wednesday it's on its own feed wednesday night it'll be in the Water Boys feed um it's just a bunch of bros talking golf and gambling
0: exactly but i like it i'm a casual i'm a casual golf and i enjoy it, it.
2: it if you listen to it and watch the tournament casually watch the tournament. You will get exactly everything what we're saying. You're going to want to come back the next week. I guarantee it. But go to www.pointsbet.com or download the app on your smartphone and use promo code Waterboys. That's W O O D E R B O Y S for a $250 match on your first deposit. If you have a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Gambler. Kyle, this might have been a top five, maybe top two interview we've ever done. I like Rob Motti. Really, like it's Rob hard Motti. to not like Rob Motti. It. I, I gave him a compliment. It was awkward at the time. I was like, hey, it's impossible not to like you. I just had to tell him that. He was he's, he was legitimately one of them. Like, we've had a decent amount of reporters and media personalities on there, and every single one of them has been very likable, very enjoyable. Rob Motti, that guy is just a ray of sunshine.
0: Yeah, he really is. I mean, we talked everything from Eagles to reality television. He had a stint on there that I didn't know about 24 hours ago.
2: No, if you look up Rob Motti on what is it called? Um, marriage Boot Camp. Marriage Boot Camp. You would, you would think these are two completely different people, yeah. but let's not delay, and we'll make sure we put those clips somewhere where you can find them tomorrow. Let's not delay any longer. Let's go ahead and talk, uh, toss it over right to the interview with Rob Motti.
0: All right. We're joined here by Rob Motti, Eagles reporter for the Associated Press, and you can catch him on 97.5 The Fanatic, the Faith on the Field show. Rob, thanks for joining us. Is it okay to assume. Since you joined us, Carson Wentz will not be getting traded from the six to about seven o'clock hour that we have you for. Because
2: on Tuesday, saying, February
0: the 16th. Yeah, I'm <laughs> saying you're the guy that knows you got the I, end.
1: I, I, I got my phone, I got my alerts on. All right. Okay. So if some if I get a text, I actually have a few calls out, guys. Okay. So if I if I get a if I get a call back from uh initials HR. I ain't going to say any names there. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to pick it up. All right. Okay. If so I we put anything, it on speaker.
2: Yeah, yeah. If
1: I get anything in the, uh, you know, FR, anything like that, I'm going to have to pick it up. Okay.
0: That's fine. Hey, if you, if you cut off, if the internet kind of cuts off and you go away, we're just going to break <laughs> it on our Twitter,
2: whether we know or not. Okay. <laughs> I, I Rob like Lottie that. took a phone call. That'll <laughs> yeah. be the tweet.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: You know, it sucks for me guys though. Seriously. Like suppose the Eagles make this trade. Suppose, you know, I get it. Whatever. There are, through AP, we have to have, I have to have the story out first before I could tweet it.
2: Wow. Yeah. Do you like, want us if, to tweet it for you though. So
1: yeah. if it's something that big, like there are certain things where I could just tweet, right? Somebody says something at a news conference, whatever, I could just tweet. But a story like that, I have to file the story, then yeah. even post, post it on Twitter, in which time you got 900 other guys who are going to oh, have yeah. it. Yeah.
0: So basically we could, we could tweet it out for you and say, hey, please, please credit Rob Motti <laughs> there for <you> everything. Go. <laughs> Thank you, Rob Mottie. Rob Mottie, thank you.
2: I'm down with that. I'm down with that. We actually should thank you again. Remember this year when you say the Eagles franchise? (laughs) But really, did I, though? (laughs) Yes, I did. Because that was one of the most bizarre press conferences I've ever listened to. The fact that you had to follow up a third time and be like, hold on a second, Doug, and basically explain to him, is like, sports talk radio is going to run with this. (laughs) If you don't put this put this like record straight here, was uh, that loud for you as it was for us listening?
1: It, it was different, man. It was different, and like I have a great relationship with Doug, uh, he know he trusts me. We've we've done events together, so I think for you know the way I've explained it since then is Doug is just so focused, man. And we won't see him at a news conference anymore for the Eagles, yeah. but he's just so focused on getting in and getting out. Like he just, I don't want to be here. I'm just going to say whatever, get over. And in that particular news conference with Brett Favre, he didn't want to offend Brett Favre. He didn't even think about the way it came across. And then when he heard it from me, like he trusts me, we have a great relationship. When he was like, oh, shoot, Rob's like trying to, uh, I better say, "Yeah." I kind of led him in that direction. Yes, you, <laughs> yes. <guess. laughs> you know, And then it happened again, like maybe two weeks later, it was yeah. the whole um, the Carson, are you thinking about benching Carson? Mm-hmm. It was before the Seattle game. And he's like, he's my quarterback today. And I'm like, and Twitter's blowing up right now. Like he's thinking about it. I'm like, Doug, are you thinking about it at all before this gets blown? And he's like, well, I think about a lot of things, Rob, but that's not one of them. And I was like, all right. And then of course he ends up benching him two weeks
2: later. Well, you have to assume, especially in a season like this, in a, in a city like Philadelphia, that that news conference, he, I'm sure he's prepped, but, like, it, it seems sometimes this year it wasn't like he was prepped. But I think what you were saying is, like, he, he's trying to get out and try and write and the ship, so he doesn't have to do another one of these on Monday. Do you think you could, like, clearly tell that this year was very, very stressful on Doug?
1: I think so. I think the circumstances of the losing – Uh, the COVID situation. He had had it at first, not being able to have guys together. Like like Doug is a great leader. Whatever you want to say about him as a head coach, he's a great leader, but it was just a different environment for him this year. And I think everything wore on him. There was so much coming in from the outside and yeah, uh, uh, going back to what you said about getting prepped, I know like the Phillies, uh, the Eagles PR department took a lot of heat. And I'm like, no, they prep him for whatever he wants to be prepped for. It's just, he's not even in that moment, mm-hmm. right? And you know, that's that's partly something that as he goes into another job, if he gets another job, he's probably got to think about, I got to handle this better. I don't know that any other media outlet out there or any other fan base or or city is gonna be as analytical for every single word, as Doug Peterson says, as we are in Philly. Like people talk about New York, people talk about Boston. No, I think Philly is the tough, you know, is maybe right now with what I've seen this year, the toughest media market in in, in sports.
2: And I wanted to follow up on that because I was wondering about this the other day as a reporter, if you're a football reporter and you want, obviously, if you're, if you're interested in reporting on football, you have to be a fan of football or the game itself. Do you think this is a location, like this is a city people want to come to report on this team?
1: Do they want to come here and report on this team? Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you want to be in a big media market where the fan base is passionate, where if you get paid by click, which I fortunately don't, but if you do, you're going to get those clicks because mm-hmm. people are that passionate about it, right? The, the way uh, the media has evolved into online and all the social stuff, like you're going to get those page views. You're going to get those clicks. You're going to get those readers. You're going to get those listeners. People are going to want to come here. Now, do you want to deal with the the nasty cold and the snow that I've been shoveling constantly since I got back from the Super Bowl? No, I don't want to do that. And that's why, uh, you know, I, I'm looking forward to a day where I could retire on a beach somewhere, man.
0: I hear you. Uh, so you said you were close with Doug, but a lot of people on Twitter speculate that you're the Carson guy. You're the Carson whisperer. I mean, obviously he's been on your podcast multiple times. You're both men of faith and whatnot. What do you say to that? Because I feel like you've had not more scoops than the average beat writer, but more kind of scoops that like we can actually run with and, and, and see justified information because it comes out that like Albert Breer the other day or I think yesterday was like talks have cooled Ian Rappaport six days later saying they're going to get a first round pick for Carson and then you tweeted out that hey and this I don't know if you heard this from anybody but you think potentially that he could come back if the Eagles don't find you know a a trade partner with him what do you what do you think of that I know it's a long question for you
1: no, and that's cool. And you know what? It's a good opportunity for me to address some of those, right? People, you know, people are like, oh, you're a Carson apologist. You're this and that. I'm like, well, it's not necessarily apologizing for anything when I tell you, one, he had a terrible year. Two, uh, I think they ought to trade him. Like me personally, yes. for as, as as fond as I am of Carson, the person, right? I believe he needs a fresh start. I believe the Eagles are in a rebuilding phase and you ought to rebuild with a young quarterback and bring in as much draft capital. But I also believe in truth and accuracy, guys. Like, to mm-hmm. me, it's all about truth and accuracy, right? The NFL has its shield. I have the AP brand and the logo. I have to be right. Like, I can't put out speculation. I can't put out rumors. Uh, or I, I can't do that in stories. Only recently have I been allowed to tweet things that I've been told by sources that I don't turn into a story for AP. Because we have certain standards and certain principles. And if you don't have firsthand knowledge of the information you're getting, you can't use it. And, I keep telling this story because it's come up a lot. In the year Doug, uh, the year Chip Kelly was fired, that day I found out he's going to get fired. I call my boss and I have to run every source by him. Who told me how they know, et cetera, et cetera? And he said, "Well, how do you know?" I said, "This person told me." How do they know? They found out from this person. Well, it's not first-hand knowledge, Rob. You can't use it. Two hours later, he gets fired. And I'm catching up to everybody else because I don't know who had it first, but it wasn't me, even though I knew before that. So sometimes, you know, you're going to get beat on stuff like that. But I I feel like you got to be truthful. You got to be accurate. And there's a lot of speculation. I think yesterday, Albert Breer said that he feels that maybe the holdup in the trade to the Bears is that the Bears may not have any assurance yet that Carson wants to be there. Mm -hmm. Now, all of the words that he used, none of them were – I know this for sure. It may not be. It could be. It should be. I don't know, right? A lot of filler. Right? Mm-hmm. But all yeah. of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody's running with that today as is Carson a bad dude for vetoing a trade to the Bears? Do we know he vetoed a trade to the Bears yet? Do we know? We don't know for fact. Albert was just speculating that that may be a potential hangup. We don't know. He could be right. I don't know. I've reached out. I'm waiting on those calls right now to find out. Hey, by the way, Carson, did you, did you, uh, did you veto yeah. a trade to the Bears? Do you not want to go there? I don't know. So I can't tell you one way or another, but I feel like a lot of times, a lot of speculation has been turned into, this is absolute truth and gospel and that's not the case. Case in point, December 20th, when uh, Adam Schefter goes on ESPN, and he he didn't report it, but Adam went on and said, if Carson Wentz is gonna be a backup, he may want to ask for a trade. Not wrong with that, right? If If he's gonna be a backup, he may want to ask for a trade. Well, that day the Eagles are in Phoenix playing against the Cardinals, and all of a sudden, talk radio and everyone else on social media has turned it into Carson is demanding a trade hours before a game, linking it Mm -hmm. to Adam Schefter, and he's a bad teammate trying to sabotage Jalen Hurts. Well, one, Adam never said that. So it's not, you know, I don't fault him for what he put out there because he was speculating if if Carson wants to trade. And all of a sudden, it just snowballed into this. So I came out that night with a truthful, factual <laughs> report that Carson Wentz hasn't come to a determination yet. He doesn't know what he wants to do. Later on in January, I, I put out something I said, he's going to consider his future. Well, guys, we're February 16. I think he's thought about his future. And I think he's, Probably come to a determination by now.
0: Well, it's got to be a lot easier when you're best friends with Carson Wentz. That's what my sources are saying. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that is, me my and sources are Twitter, by the way. Yeah, my, my yeah, my I me and Carson are could not be further from opposite personalities, man. I I, I we are not hunting buddies. That's for sure. I don't <laughs> hunt. <laughs> All right,
2: the news. We dispelled the rumors.
1: Yeah, thank you, man. I Appreciate that.
2: Well, that uh, kind of leads to my next thing. I've been openly petitioning anyone who may have an open line to Carson to just push me towards him because I think I could just be a great friend to him. And I think, I think that's what he needs more than anything right now is just a great friend.
1: I, I think he does, man. You know, and he's not saying anything to a lot of people. I've said I've I've said I feel like he at first I was like, yeah, you know you gotta say something. Like just you know I know my personality. Like if people are just talking trash about me putting out false narratives, putting out nonsense that really isn't true. Like all of a sudden it was supposed to be Carson versus Doug. And, and the reason why the Eagles fired Doug Peterson was because they were going to keep, they, they, they chose, it was Carson or Doug and they chose Carson. Carson. Well, like I said at the beginning of the show, I got a great relationship with Doug. Reached out to Doug. He's like, I wanted Carson to be my quarterback. We had a great relationship. I don't know where this stuff comes from. It's a false narrative. That particular reporter, I haven't spoken to him since September. What are the what's happening here? So it's it's one false bit of information after another. So I reached a point where now I understand why Carson isn't saying anything because he can't win. There's the, the narrative has been uh written. And you just can't change people's minds. And to me, it's been like, I, I've never seen in 21 years here at AP and lived here my whole life, grew up in Philly. I've never seen the attack so vicious, guys. Like,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's been a little rough.
1: Yeah. its It's been like a little character assassination. Like, you could, you could talk about how bad the guys played on the field. He was terrible. But yeah. I, the character said, I don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah,
0: that is one thing that we actually talked about, I think, last week, where it was like, we sat back, like, just mid-pot, and we're like, you know, it's kind of weird because... He, he's not going to, Carson's not going to leave in, in the greatest of light, but it's not really his doing when he's getting a lot of like vitriol for people thinking it's his doing. And when you look back on it and you just boil down Carson Wentz the person, he's a legitimate good person. Like no one, no one will debate that. And it'll be weird when he, when he inev- inevitably returns, if he does return. You're right.
1: He is. Like, I, I know the guy, right? I know him well. I've done events with him. We've, he's a genuinely, like, he, he's, his character is high. He's a genuinely good dude, but he's awkward. He, he's yeah. a different, like, he, he's a strange guy. Like, you know, Nick Foles, I love Nick. And I, he has a way of, like, when I talk to Nick, he'll make me feel like I'm the most important person in that room. He's that kind of like he's got that kind of ability in his personality. Like, hey, how's the family? How's everything? How are you doing? Carson is so quiet, so shy, so introverted, so uncomfortable talking to people. Like it comes across in a different way. And maybe that's something that he needs to work on because I think that comes down to you're never going to be liked fully in a locker room. You're never going to get 53 guys in the entire, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole people aren't going to like you. And whether three guys don't like you because you're not drinking buddies with them or three guys don't like you because you're just, you know, hanging out in a certain crowd and, and whatever it may be, you got to be a little bit more, make everyone in the room feel like they're the most important person in the room. And I think that's an area where he could probably work on.
0: And do you think that's why that Joe said uh, the post came out that he was a little more stubborn because I mean, he's dealing with guys from Texas, guys from Florida. He's from a, he's a, a rural kid from North Dakota. You think that's kind of why he's labeled stubborn, maybe because that awkwardness or because he might may, be a little it, stubborn.
1: It, it, it may be right. Uh, awkwardness, Uh, That could translate into what stubbornness is. I don't I don't dispute that. I think he's certainly stubborn. Right. And I had this conversation with Doug about um, whether or not, you know, his his strong personality and how that translated into he wants things done his way because he feels so confident about what he wants to see called. And, And Doug, to me, said he's like, that's no different than Brett. That was no different than other quarterbacks with that kind of personality. But to some people, maybe that comes across as uncoachable. Maybe that comes across as he's got, you know, so uh, I I don't know. Everybody looks at things differently. Everybody translates it differently. And, you know, ultimately his time here, I think, is up, Mm -hmm. right? And I put out a tweet over the weekend. I said it on my show on The Fanatic. I, I, I did say that I feel like the Eagles are holding on to knowing this part, like as a last resort. And I know Carson. They know Carson. I know the Eagles. I know how they think. Uh, I talked to Howie, and um, they feel, if we don't get what we want for Carson Wentz, worst case scenario, this guy's not a troublemaker. He's not a malcontent. He's not a cancer in a locker room, contrary to two or three anonymous people, right? He will come back, compete hard, and, and he will fit right in. So they don't have to trade him.
0: Can he come back, though? I feel like there's just been –
1: I don't think it'll happen, but I I feel like they know. Like, this this isn't a guy who's going to – is he going to whine and and complain and and, and moan to the media every day how badly he wants out? You know there are guys who'll do that, right? There are guys who'll do that. Anybody in the NBA. Yeah. (laughs) It wouldn't be ideal, and that's why I don't think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah.
2: but No, I find it it weird, though, because if you – You've lived here your entire life, so have Kyle and I, and you've worked in the you've worked in Philadelphia. So I always go back to one play from this season. And yes, Carson didn't play well this year, but the fumble in Cleveland where he sacrifices body and dives into a pile. If it's not if if he wasn't having these questionable character things, that would be the ultimate. The sports radio narrative the next day would be like Carson went the ultimate Philly guy, giving up his body. Like I, I almost feel like he has played his way into a way that the city should love him. But he has been painted with such a terrible brush here. And I almost begin like, just talking to you, I'm almost thinking more and more, this is we've treated him completely unfairly here.
1: <laughs> you said it, not me. But I, <laughs> no, and I'm fine I saying heartily, it. There's like, there's I totally agree with you. But it, I, and it, it, it's pretty cool how you bring up that point because that play, that particular play where Miles Sanders fumbles, and I'm thinking, like, Carson, what the heck are you doing? You got no mm-hmm. chance to get that recovery, yet he's diving headfirst after that fumble. But let's just go back to what changed everything the play where he tore his ACL LCL, right. diving headfirst, right into the end zone. I have never seen in football a guy tear his ACL and not leave the game. My man got back in a huddle and played four more plays and threw a mm-hmm. touchdown to Alshon mm-hmm. Jeffrey that gave them the lead and then walked off the field and and walked back into the locker room Four plays after tearing an ACL LCL crushing injury. If that doesn't make you the ultimate Philly guy, I don't know what the hell would.
2: Then what is it about Philadelphia and their quarterbacks? Because McNabb goes out and throws four touchdown passes on a broken ankle. And we wanted to run. Well, I'm not going to use this stupid narrative. We wanted to run him out of town, but we almost felt like he never really loved us. I mean, these guys, I understand they get paid a ton of money, but these guys go out and put their body on the line. You can see this stuff, and it's for some reason the quarterback position in Philadelphia is so overly analyzed, and we so desperately always want to see the backup. It's just crazy to me that we want to do that. And this goes back to the original rant: it's like, why don't we just want to see this one out?
1: Yeah, it's it's fascinating, man. I don't know if it's just a Philly thing, though. Like, is that
2: is that? Something- I don't think it's a Philly oh, no. thing. I just think it, it's weird. Like-
1: yeah, it is weird. The fascination with backup quarterbacks. And I think Donovan contributed a little bit to it by sure. his personality, right? Like, I, I just remember being in the, in the in the news conferences and sitting there in Novocare to auditorium. And this particular one where Donovan's up there talking about, I'm the captain of this ship. I don't know if you remember that, guys. And I'm like, Dude, if you're the captain of the ship, you don't have to remind us 12 times how you're the captain of the ship. So I think Donovan's personality kind of contributed into that. Yeah. But then his, the numbers that he put up who also a guy who didn't have wide receivers early in his career until he got T.O., he should have been appreciated for that more. And, you know, there's never going to be a position in Philadelphia, like you said, who, where guys aren't more appreciated than the backup quarterback. People loved A.J. Feely, Jeff Garcia. Koi Detmer?
0: I feel like I loved Koi
2: Detmer as a kid. It's, we just love that underdog story, and it's it's funny that it was just such the narrative of the 2017. Like, that's yeah. – it's, it's what we've always wanted, but what is it <laughs> – it's, it's, I feel like it's ruined our brains. Everybody's brain is ruined by that Super Bowl.
1: I thought coming out of that Super Bowl, I was like, wow, this is the greatest thing that could happen because you won a Super Bowl. You won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Carson is so, so competitive, so determined to win one. They're going to come back and they're going to win one with Carson at some point. And I I didn't realize it was going to evolve like three years later, man. It evolved to the point where Doug's fired. Mm -hmm. Carson's on his way out. And the only one still standing is Howie. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And speaking of that, you did have a tweet. A former Eagles player told me Doug wasn't the problem. Carson wasn't the problem. The problem is still there. So I just wanted to know how Malcolm Jenkins is liking New Orleans again.
1: Oh, you're good, man. Oh, you're really good. I can't tell you who the player is specifically. Although, I, I mean, I've had a couple of interviews with Malcolm for my AP Pro Football Podcast, by the way, this year. But there's, I will say this, right? I wasn't able to put that in a story. So like I said, I reached out to my boss. I said, hey, this is the information that I got. That tweet was longer. There were words added to that tweet. There were words that I wouldn't even personally use. So I was like, I don't know. And he's like you you can shorten it to this, this and this, you could tweet it, but I don't want to write a story. I don't want you writing a story about it. That's a sentiment felt by several players and not just players, other people in the building and it's it's unfortunate that it's at that point, but that's where a lot of people are and and that's what they think and when when that's the feeling and when that's the thought, I look at I don't know how this team can overcome and rebound, if a lot of people have that same feeling, mm-hmm. that same yeah. thought that the problem is still there, how can you how can you yeah. get back on track?
2: And it goes back to that simple thing: like name any other NFL franchise where a GM has gotten four head coaches. What, you know what I mean? Like it's it's just interesting the staying power he really has. So he maybe maybe he has the Marvin Lewis effect over Jeffrey Lurie. I don't know, but it's just it's it's crazy to me that this guy can stick around. He's done some good things, done some bad things. You would think if there's going to be a shakeup, that would be the move. And,
1: you know, I feel uncomfortable when it comes to Howie. You know why? I like Howie. People think, like, oh, you're Carson's guy and all that. I like Howie Roseman. Like, I I, we communicate often. And I I like Howie Roseman, the person. Uh, I don't like Howie Roseman, the draft evaluator. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't think anybody does. Right. (laughs) Maybe Howie. I I had that question for Jeffrey (laughs) Gorey where I was like, Jeffrey, how do you how do you justify one Pro Bowl player in in all of these? But I think there are things and aspects to Howie's job that he does well. There are things that he does well. And Howie is a master at playing the media. He really is. Mm -hmm. So when the day before the Super Bowl, ESPN comes out with the Eagles are going to trade Carson in the coming days. Mm -hmm. Well, that didn't come from the team that potentially is going to acquire him. They're not going to say anything to anybody. They don't want anybody else to swoop in. Mm -hmm. If the Eagles are reportedly on the verge of trading Carson, that's coming from the Eagles trying to drive his market up. But Howie is so good that NFL Network the next day has a story that says, no, 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 that's not happening so you tell two different sides, two different things. And now there's there's this this is out there, but then the other things out there. Now you have national guys who are willing to push your narrative and spin your story. So, you know, a lot of times I get information from that kind of way that I uh, don't want to go too far down the road, but I got to say, <laughs> man, I can't use this. Come on. I can't use this. I know it's not true. You're not a free,
0: free Rob Body is what I want to say. Yeah, let, really? let free let, Rob Body let Rob cook. <laughs>
1: Oh man, I just gotta start t- texting you
0: guys and
1: get yeah. it out for me. All right, we we'll are we'll filler be your, people. We'll, we'll, take, we'll,
0: we'll gladly take the be your mouth backlash.
1: <laughs> oh
2: man, you guys have actually, Dave Spadaro. <laughs> yeah. I actually wanted to ask you this because this was an interesting. It, it was interesting on the John King Cage show the other day. Bob Cooney was talking about when you have a scoop. Sometimes you'll go to the, the team's PR and they will like, hey, well, can I get this to a national guy first? And they like, well, no, I, I want to get it out. Do you ever feel like that's kind of a thing where the team's like, I need to get this to a national guy first to keep the relationship right, and then I'll drop it to the Eagles writers?
1: Uh, I, don't, I don't know that that, uh, like Bob said, if he, he would have a scoop and take it to the team's PR.
2: So I'm, it, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but in this yeah. it was like, hey, I have yeah. this. I'm going <laughs> to run with
1: it. He covered Iverson. I covered Iverson. There was a lot of times where you had to go to teams PR. Yeah. Where they had to
2: really right. I don't want to misquote Bob, but yeah. when the gist was, it seemed like he's like, Hey, I have this, I'm going to run with it. And he was basically telling the team and the team was like, no, you can run with it, but can you give me 15 minutes to let go? Wow.
1: Yeah. I I've never, guys, I've never had that. I've never encountered that with the Eagles or the Phillies at all, where they want to give it. Now, certain teams give certain people, Stuff that they may represent their .dot uh, com, um, but it's you know in in the Eagles' case, the the PR department is very tight. Most of those leaks coming out of the Eagles are, are coming from um, up, up top. top. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Um, do you have any favorite Iverson stories? Now they know that you covered Iverson.
1: Yeah, so I covered Iverson just like the 0102 was my favorite. Yeah. The year they Perfect. went to the finals was mm-hmm. like my favorite experience in like the the game seven when Carter shot missed was the loudest I've ever been in any arena.
0: One of the best series ever in NBA.
1: Remember that year they started out 6-0, and 8-0, whatever it was. So I had to write like a big feature for AP takeout on Allen Iverson and uh, Karen Frascona was the Sixers PR person at the time. Terrific. They did a great job. The Pat Croce era, they were mm-hmm. awesome at their job and she's like, all right, Rob, I, in order to get you to one-on-one with AI, I need you to come out here to PCOM at this time, uh, whatever it is. I'm driving from South Jersey to PCOM and I'm waiting, I'm waiting, uh, Iverson, Allen's not going do it today, all right. No problem, all right. Come back tomorrow. Let's do it at this time. It took like three or four trips, man. I hate driving, uh, on a on school, I hate going out there. Yeah. Finally, get out there, and like now, at this point, right? I'm pissed at AI, right? I'm like, man, come on, dude, you made me come out here three times. But AI had, like, he's just so charming. Like, that personality puts his arm around you, right? He's like, all right, Rob, what can we do? What do you want to talk? I'm like, all of a sudden, it's like you fall in love with the dude and everything that <laughs> he made me do. I forgot all about it. And, and, you know, to this day, like, I'll see him at a Sixers game and, uh, you know, give, he'll give me a big hug. I love you, man, that kind of thing. And it's, you know, it's AI is so special, right? Yeah. It's, He's a special dude, a special character, and he, he, he just had that way where he can make you fall in love with him instantly and you forget about every reason why he pissed you off.
2: Hmm. It's interesting sense. he can do that, too. Imagine if, uh, imagine if a high-profile Eagles player went on that practice rant, but we still love AI. It's, a, it's funny how there's that weird standard in Philadelphia. Now I'm, now I'm just, what is that word, Prog- uh, projecting <clears throat> on everybody. I love that, that practice <laughs> rant. I was at a Phillies game, and Karen calls. She's like,
1: Alan's going to talk. And I guess that was we were still at the vet. She's like, "All right." So I cross the street. I go over. Uh, I'm, I'm at, at, at wherever it was. I think it was at the first Union Center at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's just going on about practice. I'm like, "Oh, this is going to be this is going to be like replayed forever." And my goodness, my brother did a best man speech for me and my wife at, at our wedding, where he incorporated that like. Uh, great marriage takes practice and it takes, and all that stuff. I was like, dude, you pulled that off. That was really good, man.
0: <laughs> I want to switch over a little bit. We actually have something to pitch you because I see that you you played softball. You play softball in prisons with inmates and part of your, um, I don't want to get that wrong. What is the, what's the name of that?
1: It's the Deacon's Prison Ministry. So we use softball and sometimes it's baseball, sometimes it's basketball mm-hmm. as a way to get into the prison and play against these inmates. But in between games, we get to really just preach the gospel to them. So it's pretty
0: cool. So we know you have some connections to potentially some producers in Hollywood. What if we did a spinoff of the longest yard, but softball?
1: I'm in in, man. I'm in. I know, Remy and I have done reality TV. It was pretty fun experience. Uh, before our daughters were born, we were going to get our own show and then our kids were born and I didn't like the storylines. Cause guess what? Here, I'll give you breaking news. Reality TV ain't real. Oh, they Damn. have storylines Guys, they have storylines And the storylines were like They wanted me uh, to Because I had daughters Not boys And I'm a jock oh, uh, <laughs> For the whole first year You don't want to change diapers You don't want to be involved In their life You don't want to be part of uh, You're so mad And you're so pissed At having girls I'm like, no, nah, I can't do that
2: Can so you say, say that house-wise? one more time? It's not real Just say it directly to my wife Like, hey, this is not real
1: It's, it's reality TV Ain't all that real <laughs>
2: We, we we're, we were going to put you in the movie
0: and then obviously like Kevin Costner has got to be one of the main characters because he's in every baseball movie and this is what we yeah. thought. So the inmates are going to be like Jeter, Vlad, Ken Griffey Jr., Pedro, all guys that are in the Hall of Fame and then the guards are going to be guys who can't get in and you have a Hall of Fame vote so this is kind of you. Kinseco, uh, Bonds, McGuire, Schilling, Sosa, Palmero. So now it's kind of a...
1: This is a great movie idea.
0: Yeah, I basically I, stole it from just putting a bunch of... Former players like the longest yard and
2: stuff, but Dude, yeah, I
1: like it. I gotta call my guys in Hollywood, man. I yeah. like that. We'll I, dedicate to Burt Reynolds.
2: In, our guy in Hollywood is Mac Brandt, so yeah. you just talk to him. Let's
1: make it happen, man.
2: <laughs> All right, there we go. We got that. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll pitch that to your people. <laughs> yeah, we will we'll just gotta make sure we we put this out there. Mac Brandt is attached in some way.
0: Yes, yeah, he is. He's our guy. Uh, if you ever see uh, Lovecraft Country on HBO, okay, that's yeah. Mac.
2: that's your guy. That's, that's our, our guy. Came oh, on when everyone else would. He's a Bears fan. We love making fun of him. So as Bears, soon as Carson man, they, goes they, there, I'm just going to make fun of him for having him. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: maybe he'll, he'll get number eleven out there.
2: <laughs> maybe he will. So you know, of actually,
1: course, he agrees to it, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's right.
0: With that, like obviously, it's it's the Bears and Colts. Bears and Colts. Bears and Colts. If some, if it doesn't go like New Orleans or San Francisco or maybe even Denver's way in the draft, could those be kind of a? Could they be kind of teams? I mean, New Orleans. I thought Drew Brees would retire by now, but.
1: Yeah, but their cap situation is so bad. I don't know yeah, how's New Orleans, Orleans going to make it happen, right? I mean, we they just freed
0: them. up twenty-four mil, right, with the Drew Brees restructure. I mean, I obviously I'm not going to get the cap. I'm I'm not a math guy, a cap. Yeah,
1: and and that's you know I I gotta I gotta look at that New Orleans situation with the Drew Brees restructure. He's got to retire at some point. Maybe it's, it's, it's you know, maybe it's going to whatever. There might be a date where he's it's better for the team if he does mm. it or if he announces it or whatever it may be. I wouldn't rule out another team getting involved in this. I really wouldn't. I, I I do think that the Eagles are going to have a little bit more options. That's why I, I don't look at, like, they don't have to make the trade tomorrow. They can wait, you know, March 19th, third day of the league year, the, the roster bonus is due. That's the absolute, to me, that's the deadline. Now, of course, you don't want to approach free agency not knowing whether Carson's here, what your cap situation is going to be like because he's either on the cap, you take the significant hit, so you really want to do it sooner than March 19, March 17, whatever it may be. But uh, I don't think there's that urgency that the fans have and the Wentz Watch media has to get it done (laughs) tomorrow. I think you can wait a few more days.
0: I like the Wentz Watch.
2: (laughs) Are we falling into good hands with Jalen Hurts here?
1: I like Jalen. I'm I'm excited to see more out of him, right? I I, I talked about this on one of my shows over the weekend, uh, and I thought, like, if the Eagles, assuming they move on from Carson, what do you want to see him do? Play Jalen? draft a kid at six or trade up and get somebody even higher. And I was shocked at the overwhelming majority. It was like a, a, a Twitter poll vote, whatever it was. It was 70 something percent, 71% percent wanted Jalen to come be the starting quarterback. And I agree with that. I saw enough out of him to want me to see more, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if he's the answer, but I don't know that he's not the answer. And I like his poise. I like his character, I like his leadership ability. Uh, I think he is charismatic. I think he can command the room. He can command the huddle. And he's got talent. And obviously four games isn't enough to judge him on that. I don't know if he's a a guy who is going to be a 70% completion guy what I, I think i have always been i grew up in a randall cunningham era randall made me fall in love with football i've always been a, a guy who likes players who can quarterbacks who can run the football mm-hmm. as well as throw it so um i'm interested i'm excited to see what they can get out of Jalen hurts plus you drafted him in the second round you gotta give him an opportunity we'll i mean
2: contract, i'd much right? rather see him play than them go draft sack wilson or something like that I'd, I'd rather just run with it go get me a playmaker
0: yeah who do, you, who do you want at six
2: man i i don't know that you go wide receiver Okay. I really – I, I mean, got to I gotta look
1: at corner, right? Mm-hmm. But I, you got it. you have to – this is an essential draft. Like, it's a critical pick. Whoever you draft at number six, if you stay at number six, better be like a multiple-time – forget pro bowler, all pro. Mm-hmm. I need this guy to be like a five-time – all pro, like he's the best at his position over the course of a decade. A and possible Hall of Famer is what you yes. need. To whether, it, whether it's a, he, whether it's an offensive lineman, a cornerback. Uh, it, yeah, you rolled your eyes when I said offensive lineman. Yeah, right?
2: I'm I'm not the agreement that the offensive line's okay right now. I don't but think yeah. I don't think you need to address it at six. It,
1: it, it's you know, I, would you be opposed to trading back? I wouldn't. If you trade into the the teens.
0: Oh, change into the teens. Oh, hmm.
1: Yeah, if you trade into the teens, but you get a, a, a future one or multiple twos and threes, this team's got so many flaws. You think yeah, they, big draft, too? Right? Is going to help them that much?
2: It's no, I, I, if, I'm always a big proponent of like, listen, if you have five needs and you can move back and address more needs than just the one, I would do it. My fear is the man who's making the picks.
1: That you said it right there. Yeah, I, I, you're right. Like at that point, I I throw my hands up because yeah. I don't have confidence, man. And right, you know, I don't have confidence, and I don't know if it's. And again, Howie's the one we hold accountable for that because he's the personnel boss. But who's in the room? saying, I want this guy. Who's the scouting department? Who is only Jeffrey Lurie knows? And he kind of alluded to it in that news conference where he talked for five future GMs. Yeah. Yeah. Only he knows. And maybe he'll write a book about it someday. So was he suggesting that he knows who wanted J.J. Arthega Whiteside? uh, And it wasn't (laughs) Howie, right? Maybe he knows who wanted Jalen Rieger and and it wasn't Howie, right? Uh, Now they're going to spin. There's been a little bit of a spin, right? That they listen to their coaching staff. Right. Put a little bit of blame on Doug because maybe Doug, who had no personnel control, no say in personnel, maybe he kind of guided us to draft certain guys. Oh, and there was also the report, right, that Carson had input into the draft. Imagine that. Carson had input in the draft. On the way out the door, let's blame Carson for Jalen Rieger.
0: <laughs> How's Doug doing? Is he, is he chilling down on the Florida Island right now? You think he'll take the year off or you think he'll, he'll maybe yeah, find something?
1: Man, he's going to get paid. Why not? Yeah,
0: right? really. Listen, T- you wouldn't hear off. from me ever again if I had that kind of money in the bank. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be yeah. in the Midwest somewhere. <laughs> you know, if,
1: I, if, if, I, if I was Doug, I'd just go away and uh, I'd, uh, I'd just sit back, kick back. But I would, I would imagine he might end up uh, with Andy Reid some way, mm. one way or another. Maybe he becomes the heir apparent to Andy in Kansas City.
0: Mm. Mm. Is he a big boat guy?
2: He strikes me as a big boat guy with his visor. Mm, I don't know. I don't know if you ever went fishing. Well, I know he's a, in, big, uh, golf he's a big golfer. Oh, I'm a big golf guy. He should listen to another podcast, The Water Hazard. It's a golf yeah. podcast. Well,
1: send it to me. I'll shoot it over I'll send it to you. There you go. Perfect. Perfect.
2: That's how you do it. Can he I'm get, a can member get, at get Medford out. Lakes Country Club. He can come play with me, but I'm assuming he plays at much nicer clubs than me.
1: Well, he's in the area. I mean, you're in Medford? Oh, I, I, I'm i in Tabernacle, yeah. Oh, well, he's in Morristown. Uh
2: right, well, let's set it up. You want right, to come I, play golf? Me, you, I, Doug, I, someone else? I golfed one I time,
1: right? I got to tell this story real quick, if you have a minute. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was a Donovan McNabb uh, charity event. All the media goes out to it for whatever reason. I don't know. It was a big deal at that time. And we, we are – I don't golf at all. I play baseball. I play football. I don't know how to golf. I don't do anything, right? So I'm standing there, and we're trying to uh, – and I do everything you do as a baseball player instead mm-hmm. of as a golfer, right? I stride, arms back, everything, yep. bang, nothing but a big piece of dirt came up. yeah. I was like, I'm done. That's
0: it. You got the forearms for the golfing though, man. I was going to say, yeah.
1: <laughs> I can't, but I got to hit the ball.
2: That's true. Yeah, <laughs> I guess that's, that's I the I made that's no contact, part.
1: man. But that grass though, I got a nice did, a nice divot. It was nice.
2: The only reason to get into golf is because it takes you to the most beautiful places in the world. And I truly believe that.
1: Well, yeah, it's pretty scenic. I yeah. was looking at a house. Yeah. You know what though? It, the, 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 if you want to live on a golf course, these, uh, what do they call Those HOAs, those fees mm-hmm. are ridiculous. Yeah. Me, we, were in, uh, we were in Florida for four months during the quarantine. We didn't want to come home. So had like, nothing else to do. So now my wife's like, Oh, let's go look at houses. I'm like, but we don't need a house. We're like, <laughs> no, all right, man, yeah, let's go look at houses. I'm out there looking at houses on golf courses in Florida. I'm like, what you're paying like a thousand dollars in a HOA fee. What is this? Yeah. It's insane. So yeah, no. Nah.
2: I rented in an HOA for one year. I'll never do that again. Those people are high on power, let me tell you.
1: Oh, man. And uh, got we, balls flying into your backyard, that's a good thing. Yeah.
2: I mean, I was getting yelled at about my, my uh, hanging plants falling too far. I'm like, they're hanging plants. <laughs> so, yeah, they were a the ruler. Were it's they the real, real place, life. Though, like, Or Did you have
1: anything growing out of them? Like, did, Oh, they
2: were, they were they were alive for a couple months until I forgot to water them for a while, and then they were ugly. So maybe their their strife was a little warranted. But, again, leave me alone. <laughs> I pay my rent. I hear you. Hey, as
1: long as they cut your grass though, that's good. That was True. the best
0: part. Um, so we have one more question for you. And that one's sponsored by uh, Kenwood beer. Who's, a, who's an advertiser. here. Don't know if you drink, don't know if you friends that drink, but if you do uh, Kenwood beer, it's a uh, Philadelphia local beer. When you think I of like Kenwood, that. you think of Philadelphia think color scheme. It's
1: like cross over there, man. Is that a cross?
0: Uh, well, it's, it's a, a street uh, it's
1: a, sign. Uh, street see, but, from, from here, Right, I'm a little further away. It looked like a cross, so you got me excited about that, right?
0: Hey, but, maybe we can talk to the guys at Chemwood, Make a yeah. make a beer with a cross on it. Yeah, but,
1: uh, I, it. I drink a beer every year on uh, St. Patty's Day.
2: Okay, make it a Kemwood. Yeah. Make on, it a Kenwood this yeah. year uh, on March 17th. I'm,
1: I'm more of a vodka and club guy.
2: Ooh. Okay, it's okay. yeah. a refreshing light beer from Philadelphia. Exactly. Nice. Okay. Um.
0: So we cussed on it a little bit. We have something to pitch you again. Will okay. you ever? go back into reality television because we have this thing that we want to do with the pandemic's over. It's called behind the beat. Now Zach Berman hasn't agreed to this yet, but we're going to put a camera on him while he types an article for the athletic. We're going to go chase planes with John, with Johnny airplanes. <laughs> we'll find out something about you. Maybe, maybe we'll go to prison with you. That
1: would be great. You know, I'm what's afraid funny, dude? I actually had this idea. I pitched it Mm. to a, I pitched it to a producer. I Mm. was like, let's do an inside the beat on the beat because you guys don't see this. Right. But some of these beats, there's a lot of, uh, it's, it's very gossipy. Mm -hmm. There's, there's a lot of internal, like it may, it's the perfect, like, forget about Real Housewives or whatever. You should be on the field. Now it's calmed down a little bit, but like in, in, the, in the 2010, 2012. Well, oh, the Lesbo
0: and Jeff McLean. Where, do you, where else do you get that except Philadelphia? Yeah, you, really. You
1: got that. Uh, you got, I got to tell you about the Eagles press box. So I sit in, a, in the front row. This year was different. But so you got Ruben Frank over here. Mm-hmm. You got Bob Groats over here, right? And then Bob and his, his, his section over there are very loud, right? So Rube, who uh, you know, I get along with, I try, I get along with everybody. And Rube's like, Rob, I need you to police that section. And he's constantly telling me like, all right, keep them down. They'll listen to you. They'll listen to you. I'm like, what can I do? Like, what can I tell them? And, and like, it's so sometimes I'm like texting them. I'm like, man, I failed on my job. I'm sorry. I, I couldn't police that crew. Police. But it's, it's constant. It's back and forth. And then there's snide remarks this way. And I'm caught in a crossfire. And I'm like, get <laughs> This will make a really good reality TV show, but Hollywood wasn't buying it, but maybe I think you can get them to do it. Uh, yeah. yeah.
2: We'll talk to our guy. I have to say in the 43 minutes we've talked, I would say like, it would be pretty fair that everyone would just like you. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <That's> yeah. <sense. laughs> yeah. Very likable marriage, marriage boot camp did not put you in a good light. No, it you're did way not. more likable.
1: Yeah. But see when back, I had a role to play, and I, uh, I played the heck out of that role. You did, I yeah,
0: thought you you're you an did. asshole. I didn't know what, I, I didn't know what Rob body I was getting. I was supposed –
1: yeah, I was supposed to be, like, this this stubborn jock, like this mule. And, it, like, I played the heck out of that role. And it was because of that role they offered us our own show. Well, and,
0: yeah. how, how bad did that woman really fart? I saw a deleted scene.
1: Oh, man.
0: Portia. That's
1: Portia. Funny. We stay in touch with Portia. It was nasty. Oh, my god, <laughs> It was so bad. It we was will, so bad. <laughs> We'll put the clips it, it a, so we guys, guys, can find <laughs> them. <laughs> did you see the scene where I I was running through in my underwear throwing?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Okay. So what people don't know is nine times we had to film that because I was supposed to break this glass table with that chair. Every time I threw that chair, it never hit the glass table. It would just bounce and stop short, bounce and go somewhere else. And they're like, Why the heck can't you break this freaking glass table? So finally, after like nine takes, they were like, we'll just play sound effects and make it sound like it broke.
2: (laughs) Well, at least we know you do your own stunts. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. Wow.
1: Uh, My incredible Hulk underwear.
0: Reality TV sounds like a lot of fun.
1: It's it's something else, man. It's something. Like, you know, it's funny. It's the people who believe that it's real, like I, I'll never forget somebody tweeting at my wife saying, "I'd like a dude, right? A, a, a dude watching marriage boot camp, like probably in his mom's basement. Like, well, uh-huh. what are you doing, right?" And he tweets at her, like, "I would like to pull all your hair out one by one and Jeez. puke in your face." And I'm like, "Dude, you're the one watching reality TV, in- and <laughs> like you're believing it." But hey, what are you gonna do? Hey Good don't I,
2: I have I have a last last question and if the answer is going to break my dreams just don't answer it. Survivor's real, right? There's more elements
1: to it that are real. Okay. Okay. There's, there's still some storylines that you have to follow. I'm sure there is stuff like, like yeah. There's it's certainly got more real elements to it.
2: Love okay. that. I love Jeff Probst. All right. We'll
1: never well. watch. It, man. I got to watch
2: it now. You should watch know. Survivor. It was good the first 20 it's The months. ultimate social experiment. No,
1: I'm out. No, I'm out. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, Rob, this was awesome. Like I said, I didn't know what Rob I was getting. I'm glad reality TV didn't change you. Oh,
1: thanks, man. I appreciate that. I'm <laughs> cool. Thanks, brother. You got well, that, great hair by the way, man. I got to tell you, I can't see Gary's, but you got good hair.
0: You
2: don't want to see mine. It's receding. <laughs> okay,
0: appreciate it. Appreciate it. I like, I like your hair, too. Um, well, that's Rob Marty follow him because if you don't follow him by now then I don't know what you've been doing this all season if you're an Eagles fan because I feel like you got a, a report every couple of days and, uh, and go listen to Faith on the Field show on uh, 97.5 The Fanatic. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, guys. Appreciate
1: you both. Thanks, Thank so you, Rob. Much. God bless.
2: The Woodard Boys podcast was created and hosted by Gary Lay and Kyle Pagan with contributions from Jason Green. Executive producer John Barchard and our theme song is Telescope by the Pine Bayers.